welcome back to another episode of the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Tarkowski. Today, we're going to check in with two of our favorite people on the reentry side of the Department of Corrections, Parole Manager Penny Signs and Community Reentry Parole Agent Mary Brotsman. We'll get an update on the innovative Strive program the two launched last year to coordinate community support for our reentrants and learn about reentry simulations that let everyday folks like you and me get a chance to experience some of the same challenges faced by folks upon release. Mary, for folks that weren't with us when we talked about Strive last time, can you give an overview of the program and tell us what Strive is? Sure. Strive is a transitional program for any offenders coming out um, into the Scranton District Office area. Right now we're covering Lackawanna, Luzerne, and Monroe counties for this um, Strive. We like to call it an initiative because the word program kind of scares people off. So, um, we we help we help the re-entrants gain uh, any kind of resources that they need they may need to be successful in, um, to achieve their goals. So we we partnered up with Northampton Community College, um, Pyramid Healthcare, and ESSA Bank, and we have a monthly meeting at the district office that includes them plus a variety of other organizations that we have been um, including. Um, most recently, um, we we just every month we get a different. Um, person or different organizations say, hey, can I be a part of this? I heard it's doing really good things. Um, we connect with people who um, who can specifically help uh, any of our re-entrants achieve their goals. Um, so we bring um, a multi- multitude of people into our program. Into yeah, our- this is a public-private partnership, right? It's not just government agencies or no, the DOC public, doing this. Private. Everyone is doing this on their own volition. Um, they all want to um, help the, the re-entrants succeed and they want to see the the success stories that they're becoming. How hard was it to get folks on board in the beginning, and how has that changed uh, over the last several months that you've been doing this? It was a little difficult getting it set up because we did start during, um, we started the initial process during COVID, um, but once we got it on board, we have offender, or we have re-entrants um, continuously asking, can I be a part of it? Can I be a part of it? And then, and, and it's even more so, I think, with providers. I'm, I'm really impressed with the number of providers that want to be a part of this, that want to offer their services, that want to say, I, I have a connection with this place. I can help. I can help them. So it's it's been a really big success in that area of getting not only the reentrants who want to take part in it, but also the providers um, in the community that want to take part in it. It initially took about two years to get it approved through corrections. Um, and then we piloted it, I think, a year. And then we just came out of the pilot. So yes. we're officially now an initiative program, you know, and then we're looking to move it to the Waynesport District. So what did you learn from the pilot? What was the big takeaway? I think we, we've learned a lot, and I think um, we've actually tried to improve on many different things. Um, so I, I think every every month we met, we tried to do something to improve, to do something to do better. Um, I think we the core um, Strive is an amazing initiative, so there wasn't anything that we had to really change in that aspect. It was just um, putting nuances on, like doing interviews for the Strive participants, because we it cannot be, unfortunately, it can't be, we can't have, you know, 90, 100 people into this. It has to be people who specifically meet certain criteria. They have to have that desire. We need to feel like they're going to be a good fit for us, as well as them, us being a good fit for them. So one of the things that we really did, we did the um, 
we actually did, we started an interview process um, and we've just gained more and more traction with the providers. And I think that's really been a huge benefit. Before we go any further, I've got to, I've got to back up and I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell folks what STRIVE actually stands for. S-T-R-I-V-E. <laughs> Penny's really good with that. <laughs> State Transition Reentry Initiative Validating Endeavors. <laughs> yes, she's very good at that part. So I always let her do that part. We're going to go with STRIVE. We're going to keep We're going to keep it simple. And we wanted it to be something drive. catchy and reentry based and state based. And we brainstormed what for about an afternoon, maybe, yeah. and came up with it. It's a little wordy, but we like it. And I think it's a great because it's funny how many times people say strive in the meetings and they they're like, oh, wait, that's what it's about. <laughs> so it's, it is very catchy. And it's but it's it says exactly what the reentrants are trying to do is strive to succeed, strive to achieve their goals. And you talked a little bit about the uh, providers, things like uh, banking and mental health care and physical health care. What's a provider that might surprise folks that you have on board that uh, we might not expect? I think just the um, number of um, attorneys and judges like um, um, Albert, Sonny, or Albert Murray, who is a lawyer. He's the one that started it along with Judge Vanaski. But we also just um, started to have um, Michael Mancuso, who is the first assistant district attorney in Monroe County. He won, he volunteered to join us. Um, I think the the aspect of the the lawyers and the people in the the criminal justice field that actually want to see these reentries succeed is is very impressive. What does the DA do? How does he contribute? Well, these guys, um, and the same as uh, with Michael Mancuso, Judge Manaski, and Attorney, they have reach where we don't necessarily have reach. They know people who was, um, that we may not have that connection with that want to help us succeed. Penny Signs, Mary Brodsman, what has been a good success story from the pilot program? Oh my gosh, there's just so many. I think everyone that we've really had in there has really began and continue to achieve their goals. Um, I just talked to the one lady that we, um, we, we, uh, that just came out. She's, I just celebrated my first year out. She's already a CP, she's already a C, um, CPS. Um, she, we've got her into a, a good housing situation and that was her first really long-term or short-term goals for that first year. And now she's talking to me about, you know, buying a house, about continuing, you know, trying to open up a facility to help individuals just like her. So, I mean, honestly, they're all success stories. We've had a guy go out and get a CDL. Um, another one that Pyramid actually was graciously enough to, um, help him get his CRS. We have another one that's started. Wait, wait, slow down. What's CRS? Uh, certified Recovery Specialist. So Pyramid is the uh, the mental health care aspect? The mental health and drug and alcohol aspect, yes. Very good. And then we have another one that's actually starting um, her certified peer specialist um, classes, I believe, next week. So we have so many success stories. Um, the mentorship is is wonderful aspect of the program. We have a, we have several different um, CRSs and CPSs coming into the program as um, as the volunteers as well. And I think just meeting those and making those connect connections is very important. The um, the one thing I hear the most is the level of support that they get from the providers and from us as as reentry staff is is a, is imperative to their success. So I have a question, might not be a fair one to even ask, but why isn't 
all reentry strive. It, it shouldn't the community be involved in building up these reentrants as they come back into society? Absolutely. And I think for the most part, they are. Um, we just, with Strive, we try to put, um, help the most at-risk um, offenders. So they're going to have to have higher scores to be able to come into our program. Um, and, and you know, that's that's what sets them apart is we, we have to target a, a smaller population. And yes, are many of these providers, absolutely, they're eligible. They do help um, the other ones. And I often point them in this direction as well. Um, to the providers that we use for Strive. Um, but unfortunately, we can't have everyone in the program per se because there's just not enough room. What kind of reentrant makes a good participant in Strive? Is it somebody that maybe doesn't have the family support or are the the ones that, that, that do or have the, the um, job skills before they leave or are you helping them build the job skills when they leave? We have, we run the gamut with that. We have people with family support. We have people without family support. We have people who are coming out with certificates, degrees, all of that. But um, what makes a, um, a participant really good at, for the Strive program is their desire to do well, their desire to achieve their goals, and the desire to say, hey, I need a little bit of help in this area because I may struggle. And that's a big thing is people... That's, that's a huge part of the STRIVE program is having our participants tell us what's going on in their lives and saying where they're struggling so we can help them. And in addition to the desire, their motivation and, and commitment. How, how have the reentrants reacted to the support they get in STRIVE? I think more than the actual kind of black and white, they help me with the bank account, they help me get my medical care, that sort of thing. The, the feeling that it gives them to sh to have the community behind them. That shows itself in every meeting. And it, it's interesting you had said that because during the last meeting, one of the individuals who honestly is, we've not been able to, he, he hasn't needed anything yet. He's doing what he needs to do. He's a barber. He is making, he has so many connections because of where he works in the barber. He just knows that it's there for him for support. And one of the new reentry or the new reentries that we just had start, he was, talking that he was literally telling him you need to listen to these people they can help you they will push you forward they'll give you the resources to be successful so they're i mean our reentrants are our best they're, they're way better at me than telling you about it because of the fact that they're living it and they're feeling the support from the from the meetings and even outside the meetings and as far as the providers go what have they told you about uh, what it means to them and what uh, benefits are they seeing from participating in Strive? Oh, they they go out of there with it. And, and it's every time I sometimes get a lot of emails right after the meeting saying how how good they feel about the, the, the types of people that we're really helping. They're they're just very happy and open to helping them do all, you know, achieve their goals. But they, they just say how how good it actually makes them feel to be able to be a part of this. And they um, are always like, what else can we do for them? Yes. Like if we come up with a dilemma, we came up with bus passes and, and they came through with us for bus passes. You know, we came up with, an, you know, we have situations that come up and our community partners and collaboratives, they're always saying, okay, what else can we do for them? Let's solve this. You know, let's do this. Let's do this. So they're always willing to go above and beyond and solve any like issues of resources that we don't have. That, and, and they come through for us and yeah. the reentrants. 
Absolutely. One of them actually suggested they're like, can we do like a file share program? Um, can we do a pamphlet? So I'm working on like the a little uh, a, a pamphlet of everyone that is involved with us. So they, all of the um, all of the participants can have uh, contact information like right in an organized way. And then um, I believe um, uh, Bill Schaefer from NCC is going to be trying to get it, get a file share program started so we can put everything on it so everybody can have quick, immediate access to everything. We're talking with parole manager Penny Signs and community reentry parole agent Mary Brotsman. I wanted to ask as far, you know, we talked to you guys to maybe get some um, publicity for the program and, and have the community hear about it and maybe want to help. But I'd imagine that the successes that the providers are having now and, and their um, feedback on the program is probably your best advertisement, right? Absolutely. Is it, is it kind of building on itself now? Gaining it really some momentum? Is. Yeah, it's definitely building on itself. I mean, it's helpful that we go into the institutions and we talk about it at the reentry fairs um, before they even come out. Um, but you're 100% right when you say our current participants are um, the ones that are the best advertisement for it because of how successful they are. And we do, in turn, want to um, bring the ones that want to go back into the SCIs and, and talk about their success stories, not only about Stride, but just uh, in general about how they've succeeded. But that, that a lot of that does um, does come into play with the helpful, helpfulness of the Stride for, uh, the providers. And with us wanting to take it to the Waynesport District next, um, the district office is on board, and um, I have connections with Penn College of Technology um, sitting on an advisory board. And they're, you know, like interested in doing the like Northampton part. So, and then you're looking for a local bank and our representatives from ESS Bank, they sent us stuff to take to local banks and they're willing to come over. Um, our judge and our DA, um, Albert Murray and Vineski, Judge Vineski, they're willing to come over and talk to their, you know, partners and collaboratives and, and contacts over in this area so we can slowly branch out to another district and get all the same key players in this area over here. Very exciting to hear that what's next for Strive and, and expanding to the Williamsport area. Do you think this kind of program can scale to kind of the, the bigger cities, the more populous areas? Is, is there that sense of community there that, um, you know, oh, the, is, go ahead. The whole state wants it. Um, when we first brought it out, all the community reentry agents and a lot of the RPAs inside, once they heard about it, because resources go through the SCIs like wildfire, so I was having um, reentry agents from out west and all the different places email me, what's this Strive program? What is this Strive program? Can we get it out here? So um, because they have to, you know, we have to do it in baby steps and, and you know, make sure it's, uh, you know, it's successful and, and, and those kind of things. And we have the partners in place and it's, you know, the, the, the drive and the initiative is, is you know, um, consistent and, you know, followed through appropriately and professionally. Um, we're doing it in, in you know, small steps. Um, we don't even have all of um, the Scranton district, you know, on board yet because, you know, it's a big district. Um, but now that it's out of the pilot, we did get permission to move it to Williamsport because that's my one of my other districts. So we'll, we're going to keep growing in Scranton, grow in Williamsport. And then the, my goal is to have it, and I know Mary too, I'd love to see it statewide sometime. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, it's, it is based off of the federal care program um, in the federal courts. So that's how it initially came to came to me. Um, I met with um, Judge uh, um, Attorney Murray and Judge Vanaski, and we had set up everything. And, and like we said before, it was two years before COVID. 
um, you know, that we were really trying to get before it started during COVID that we were really trying to get this on board. But that's how it all came about in the Scranton area, which I was very blessed to be able to meet um, meet John. Uh, attorney Murray, we all call him Sonny. He's such a he's such a great individual, still practicing as well as always in judgment asking. He practices as an attorney. They they all want to take time out of their busy schedules and just help us and help the participants and and really see them succeed. Speaking of busy schedules, I want to ask you both. I'm sure you had full days uh, before you started this drive program. It's not like you were sitting around with nothing to do. How did you find time and the energy and the just the idea generation to to start something like this from the ground up? I know it's based on the the federal program, but what was in what was intrinsic in both of you that really wanted to get this off the ground? So Mary came to me and um, I thought it was great. We spent time, you know, like coming up with a name, but she she deserves all the credit and kudos. Um, she wrote up the the by you know the bylaws the whole program i just was the backbone pushing it through and kept whenever we come up with a roadblock you know with legal or something i just kept trying and pushing it through saying this is a great program it's based off of a federal program you know she did interviews for wbia but she deserves like she wrote up all this stuff i just was that person just trying to push it through push it through push it through and keep it going until it did get approved but mary 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 deserves all the kudos for getting it started and writing up all the policies and 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 stuff. It was a long two years, but you know, it's it's a success story. I tell her she shines all the time. It strives. She really, really deserves all the credit for it. Thank you, Penny. I, I couldn't I have done this without um Albert Murray, without Tom Vanaski, without the agents that I work with. I mean, I have so much buy-in from the the agents that who supervise these um Reentrance that that they do so much work to propel this forward, um, and honestly, I could I couldn't do it alone. We we all need each other, and we all want to see the successes come out of this because we've had a lot of really good participants that made a bad decision, and we don't want that bad decision to dictate their entire life. Well, I just want to congratulate you for starting something and and seeing it through. How does it make you feel to see where you're at now? I, I love that we continuously grow and change things and make it better because I think that's what all, um, you know, initiatives really have to do. We learn from any decisions that we think may not work so well, um, but we just keep propelling it forward to say, OK, this is a really good idea. We do a lot of brainstorming. We do a lot of meeting with outside agencies to see who would be a good fit to um, come a part of us, come, become with us in, in the Strive team. Um, we just we want to make it as successful because we all love to hear success stories. And and what's nice is like our meetings keep growing and growing. Our our room the other day we had to get more chairs. You know it's just amazing like how we keep growing and you know more people want to be involved in every meeting. We keep getting more and more people and more and more partnerships and and the success stories make it all worth it. Yep, we're up to eleven um, participants now. We started last year at three. Um, so we are continuously growing and making things better and, and helping the, um, the reentrants just achieve their goals. Whatever their goals are, we, we try to work with them um, and ensure that they can meet them. And there's no catches to that. Like they, they follow their parole conditions, but, you know, we always are looking for resources and providers and, and reentry you know, services and stuff that don't cost money. You know, the state, it doesn't cost the state money. It doesn't cost anybody money. 
And this was like a great, great initiative because there's agencies that are willing to help us, you know, with a loan for the reentrance, you know, or education and they just have to be a part of this program. So it's it's the stuff we're always striving for, uh, I, AKA strive, right? And And it's free. And I think what has been uh, very eye-opening for me and very beneficial is that you guys are out in the community. It's, you're not just supervising reentrance. You're out in the community kind of spreading that word. And I want to touch on one um, event that I took part in at the University of Scranton recently, uh, reentry simulation. And uh, you know, Penny, you were there, and you had a, a bunch of your um, agents there and, and parole staff Tell the listeners what we did at the University of Scranton and, and um, why it's so important. So I know we only have probably a couple minutes. So we have this reentry simulation statewide team now. So what happened is a couple years ago, Deputy Secretary Evans and Director Melissa Repture went to another state for a conference and they participated in a reentry simulation. And this reentry simulation is designed to give uh, basically shoe on the other foot experience for a life and a parolee and you go through a month of parole it's four 15 minute segments um so they brought it back to us and they said when we were realigning re-entry division that you know we would take this to all the scis and do it for community events um <clears throat> so back in november of 2019 we did one at the academy with 15 re-entrants and our parole um, agents and re-entry um, staff for all the doc superintendents and wow, what an eye-opening, truly impactful situation. Their consensus was, wow, we, we're, we're lacking or failing somewhat in reentry at times. Then we took it to some colleges. Um, we did Delaware Valley College. We did um, 40 legislatures participated one in 2020 at SCI Camp Hill. We did the Villanova Law School in 2022. Um, we did it for the, the parole board and the hearing examiners up in State College in 2022. And they decided that it was such a really eye-opening event that we would do it for every BTA that goes through the DOC Training Academy. That's the agents and DOC staff. So with it being such a, a vast, um, you know, you know, schedule and stuff, um, Director Repshaw, or uh, yeah, my director, um, Repshaw, she went to central office and the, like the leadership and said, we need a reentry simulation team. So we reached out to everybody in all of corrections, parole, BCC, um, everyone, and asked for at least two participants, you know, from every region, every division, every office. And we have a team of counselors and CCPM and unit managers and officers and everybody, every kind of component in all of corrections. And we have had an initial um, simulation training for the entire team. So we are now doing every BTA. Um, and then we did the event at University of Scranton for the Lackawanna County Reentry Coalition. Um, we're doing, I'm doing PAPPC at Kalahari this month. And then Lycoming County CJAB and Reentry Coalition, we're gonna be doing one um, at Penn College probably in July. But basically they're given a life card and a scenario. They may have IDs, they may not. They might have bus tokens, they might have a job, they might be on disability, but they have to go through four weeks and they have to get everything done on their card for that week or there could be consequences. Maybe they go back to jail, maybe they get a sanction. Um, but the overall consensus, when we debrief at the end, it's very frustrating and very, you know, like hard. And I said, well, 
you know, this is what our reentrants experience when they get out of prison, if they don't have family support, if they don't have a job, if they don't have their IDs, because you can't get a job without IDs. You can't go around to any of these stations without bus tokens. So if you start out with no bus tokens and no IDs, how are you going to get anywhere? We have people sit down and I'm like, get up, burn the pavement. Yeah. Got to keep moving, you know? Can't, and, can't give uh, up, right? You got to keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. I and participated in that in the simulation at Scranton. And one thing that I noticed was when people got so upset, so you you kind of have your tasks you have to do for every, as a, as a mock re-entrant, you have your list of tasks you have to do every week. And a week is 15 minutes in, in our simulation. So you have to go maybe to check in for um, drug and alcohol treatment, or you have to go and um, you can give blood or give plasma to maybe get a little extra money or check in with your parole agent. And you have to do all these things. And I, I remember I was in line. I, I was next in line to, I think, um, uh, go to the pawn shop. And the person in front of me didn't have their ID yet. and They wanted to pawn something. But you can't pawn something without an ID. But to even get to the pawn shop, you have to have a bus token. So the person put their bus token in the pawn shop's little uh, bin, the little collection bin, and pawn shop guy said, sorry, we can't can't help you. You don't have an ID. And they said, well, can I have my bus token back? And no, because that's not how that's not how life works, right? If you take the bus, you pay your token no matter if you were successful or not. And I think that just something that small of things that maybe we don't uh, think about, we take for granted, I just you know, run to the store real quick or run uh, run my errands and, and be done. One little hiccup can really throw a monkey wrench into somebody's day. The, the paying the rent, a lot of times they like certain weeks they have to pay rent, like A names are one week, you know, S names are another week. And at the end of each simulation, 15 minutes, we have parole agents go around to check the cards and we announce who didn't pay rent. You know, in the real world, if you didn't pay rent, you'd be homeless eventually. You know, this is a simulation. That's what we talk about at the end. You know, this is a simulation. So you have fun. People rob people. You know, they get revert back to some criminal thinking. You know, I'm like, try to be creative, not criminal. But they revert back to it. But it's a fun simulation to be an eye opener. But they don't realize that this is what people are actually going through when they first get out of prison. So we in reentry, we want everybody to have as many things in line before they get out so they don't have these barriers and have to go through these situations. And that's what's nice about the reentry agents on the inside continuing to the community reentry agents on the outside is we have that connection and we can try to have everything you know, in place so that they don't have these barriers when they get out. And you said it was the reentry coalition that was taking part uh, in the, as the participants, as the mock reentrants. But executive producer Kurt and I actually met a couple that um, I think they were forwarded the invitation by somebody. Uh, they were an older couple, and they had two family members that were getting ready to come out of uh, incarceration, and they wanted to participate in order to kind of learn about what their family member was going to be going through. Mm-hmm. And we talked to them after the event, and they were just so appreciative uh, to kind of find that new way of thinking that they maybe hadn't um, thought of before. We are able, that's what's nice, is to go out and do these for our reentry coalitions. And the goal is to do them at all the SCIs. Um, for those staff, I'm working with some of my SCIs to get some scheduled now. Um, but to letting the communities know for like different reentry coalitions or different agencies, like we're going to do one with children and youth in the Scranton area as well, um, that we're providing these, you know, free because we want to educate. There are agencies out there that are actually charging lots and lots of money to do these. 
and you know it's out there for us to help and provide we have the team we have the resources and we just want people to be educated and realize like you know all the barriers and and the stuff that our reentrants are going through and we want them to be successful but we need them you know we need people to have understanding of that it's quite an investment for the time your time your your team's time and it shows how important it is to change the thinking out there around reentry. And uh, really appreciate uh, what you guys are are doing in that realm. Parole manager Penny Signs and community reentry parole agent Mary Brodsman, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks again to Penny Signs and Mary Brodsman. It's always a treat to talk to people who love their jobs and are so passionate about helping others. You can learn more about reentry on our social media channels at Corrections PA on Facebook and Twitter, and on our blog at cor.pa.gov. Thanks for joining us on the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole Podcast. On behalf of executive producer Kurt Bope, I'm Ryan Tarkowski. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>